You've seen their TV shows. You've watched their webcasts. Now, Partigan and Stapes invite you to Poker in the Ears. Hello, my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. He is my work wife, James Hardigan. Hello once again, Joseph. And it looks like we opened a business together here in Amsterdam. Joseph and James. I feel like the, the photo I put up wasn't very good. It was because uh, the font and the light and everything, you couldn't really read it. But check it out. It's on my Instagram. It's on Twitter. James and I are officially retiring here in Amsterdam. Yes, I'm in Amsterdam. Yes, I have screwed a lot of things up. Can't wait to tell you about it. Uh, coming up on today's show, we're not going to talk about Happy Monday. Uh, we're going to act like it never happened. Everything's okay. Yep. Nothing to see here. Nope. The, uh, the third week of the Platinum Pass Ass Path Cash Grab will go ahead as scheduled and everything's going to be fine. Why wouldn't it? Because nothing went wrong on Monday because Monday never happened. Monday never happened. Uh, three episodes from the PCA Super High Roller way back in January are all online. You should have watched them by now, but it's time to have a little chat about those. And you know he's going to be chatting with us, Chris Crook. Nice Canadian boy. Uh, Chris Moneymaker is finally making the good kind of headlines. We'll cover that in our poker news se segment. This week's super fan is Kevin McDonald, and he's challenged me to trivia on the movie Footloose. Now, James, you know I'm pretty bad at answering questions based on movies I've actually seen and seen yes. recently. I, I didn't. I didn't get to this. Shocking. I know. It, it was a. It was look. It was. It was a busy week. I, I've been traveling. I've been working both day and night. I'm sorry, mea culpa. I'll do my best. I'll, I'll watch Highlander twice. Okay. By the way, Patrick delivered the questions for Highlander yesterday and said, this is the first movie you've made me watch that I actually enjoyed. He liked it. He liked Highlander. Oh, maybe I'll like it. How old is he? He's like a teenager, right? I think he's probably 19, 20. Okay. So if a, t if a young teenager could like it, yep. I could like him. Greetings, Highlander. Um, I'm not going to read any specific tweets, but suffice to say there was a certain amount of backlash. you got people talking. About my comments about Apple AirPods. I stand by my remark, although I have carved out, if you choose to listen to this podcast using Apple AirPods, you will still look like a cock to the people out there, but it is acceptable. You I've discovered. I have discovered, by the way, the ultimate cock move. That is to be, and this is a very London-specific thing, so apologies, but on the London Underground, we have the Oyster cards, or the, the touch-in, touch-out. You can use credit cards, you can use travel yeah. cards. If you are the type of person who tries to get through the gates at a tube station with Apple AirPods in your ears, and you try to pay with your fucking phone, holding everyone up because it never bloody works properly, then you are the ultimate hashtag cock. <laughs> what about if someone does it with their watch? What if they're like all all leaning? I don't to... know whether you whether they have near field technology in smartwatches yet, but that's going to be the next dick move for sure. Uh, quick round of did Stapes cry in it? James Hartigan edition okay. relating to the London <laughs> Underground Monday Night Football. Red did you cry on the two Saints? Did James cry in it while watching last night's football game on his phone? Please say, I mean, I mean, there's some expectation bias here, James, given that you're a asking this question, but it's fucking sports. What happened in the game that would make you cry? I got a bit teary eyed because Drew Brees broke the record for most number of passing yards by a quarterback. It was a record held by Peyton Manning. There was every expectation it was going to happen because at the start of the game, he needed like 160, 170 yards to break the record. Yeah. He did it with a touchdown pass, a 67 yard touchdown wow. pass. And his family were on the sidelines. When it happened, there's a guy from the pro football 
Hall of Fame there to take the ball to put it in Canton, Ohio. He hugs his wife and his kids. The people in the stands are crying their eyes out. All the Saints fans are going, we're not worthy. It was just a really big moment for him, a big moment for the city of New Orleans. And I just found it really touching and quite moving. So it was a home game. Yep. And they all went through that hurricane stuff together too, right? bear in mind that, yeah, Breeze came over to the Saints from San Diego around that time in the mid-2000s. And the kind of ascent of that team during that era was really important to a lot of people living in Louisiana. James, check it out. Look. Oh, no, he's starting to well up. He's starting to well up. I think it, all right. I think it so got this me. is great. Did Stapes cry in it? James's recollection of watching Monday Night Football on the tube on a mobile phone. I'm just jet lagged, okay? <laughs> I'm tired. You're I, jet I lagged from having flown from London to Amsterdam. That whole one hour time difference is really affecting you. And James, it was a 45 minute flight and a one hour time difference. I landed 15 <laughs> minutes after I got here. Uh,. Uh, I just want a quick shout out. A couple of folks, poker fans, came out to my gig in Essex that I had uh, last Sunday. Uh, Steve from Hornchurch, Steve, Steve, who goes by Sarah, Sparrow, and Gareth came, who you know, James. Yep. And Gareth not only wore his Everyone Loves a Chop Pot hoodie, but he also wore the Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t shirt underneath it. Wow. That so is I, the true mark of a super fan. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought you'd appreciate that. So the next morning, I got to get up for this trip to Amsterdam, and that's just how it works when you travel. You got to get up early, otherwise you lose a whole day, right? Yep. So um, we got up early, and James, you, you can verify. That. I have a girlfriend, and you can verify that past girlfriends of mine have been a little um, sloppy, a little um, I don't know, not not with it totally. There can are certainly to some examples of women you have dated who were. Uh, to use the Australian vernacular, a couple of cans short of a six-pack. There you go. Sure. So uh, this one is not like that at all. She's got a great job, very smart. Uh, but my sort of my muscle memory is to when we are packing up the hotel room to be like, "Do you have your passport?" And that's really all I ask. Do you have your passport? Anything else? We can do, you know, whatever. You leave it's your true. socks in the hotel room. Because, you know, you don't really carry money anymore, and you know, you don't have tickets anymore because it's all electronic. I you guess can, I'd say can, passport and phone. Without your phone, you're also kind of screwed. Absolutely, and I did ask her. I said, you got your passport, you got your phone. As we're getting out of the cab, yeah. you got your passport, you got your phone. And she kind of rolled her eyes at me this time. And I was like, you're perfectly uh, understandable. I know it's annoying. I just, I'm a, I'm a nervous traveler. I'm a warrior. I just want to make sure, okay. We get through security, do all this stuff, and we're about to board the flight. And she's like, I can't find my passport. Oh, no. And uh, even though it's at London City Airport, which is a small airport, the, the gate we were at was far from the uh, from where we had been like hanging out post security. So I'm like, it's OK. Don't worry. Let's go back and look. And we go back and look and security doesn't have it. And it's not in the bar we were sitting at. And she's just like glaring at me like this is your fault. This is you shouldn't have asked me so many times. I'm like, just check your bag one more time. She finds a passport. And we get back to the gate, and they'd started taking our bags off the plane. Oh, no. But they let us on. You're lucky, because some I airlines will literally draw a line in the sand and say, nope, we stopped boarding. We've taken your bags off they, now. Tough they were, shit. They were looking for the bags. Okay. Luckily, they hadn't found them yet, so we got on the plane. Um, so I have manifested this missing passport that was never missing in the first place. Uh, had a really awful experience at the grocery store. We're, we're here at the grocery store and uh, we're just trying to, because we're in a houseboat, which is James, you can see now. 
is yeah. pretty cool. Now, of course, everyone will have seen Joe's houseboat who's watching the Twitch stream on Monday that never happened. But we mainly saw a dark background, a curtain, maybe the reflection of the lights on your houseboat. Now that it's daylight hours, you have a lovely view over the canal, a lovely view of a recently built apartment block with loads of bicycles outside. It's a very Amsterdam scene. It's great. It has been relatively relaxing, except for this trip to the grocery store where I get in this line and it says, no cash, pin only. As a person who's lived in Europe, I've got a pin card. Right. So, and the cashier's like, Do you have, are you paying by pin card? I say, yes. She rings up all our groceries, 35 euros worth. I go to pay and she's like, oh, we don't accept Visa. Who doesn't accept Visa? I know, right? I know American Express, some retailers are a little sure. bit sticky over because Amex take too big a percentage but everyone takes visa what do they take then just mastercard no i was like cool i got mastercard she's like we don't take mastercard either what the fuck we only take maestro oh yeah i i used to have one of those right and i'm like i've never heard of this before a place that doesn't accept visa or master like what fucking century is this no that is really really weird if if we had been in like you know like east cabracistan or something (laughs) i'd be like okay but like this is not fucking this is this is holland so anyway very embarrassing they made us re-ring up all the groceries at a different register and pay cash for it while other like everyone hated us just fucking hate well here we are like the two american tourists holding up all the locals you know i would have been like in that situation i would have been loudly loudly exclaiming who doesn't take visa yeah no i can't do that because ultimately it's i still look like i want to look like less of a jerk i know at that point you yeah, don't care i don't care anymore i'll put the airpods in and everything um, so because of this reason because of this reason we got back to the apartment late to set up for the stream yes now the irony is this next anecdote was meant to be the big debacle it was meant to be the big calamity yes. <laughs> from monday night but then something else happened that kind of made me completely forget about this anecdote. Yeah, overshadowed. What happened was, so I get back from the grocery store and I'm kind of in a tizzy. We're 15 minutes to air. And, you know, I should have been back, you know, 10 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago. So, and I go and unpack uh, the equipment and the cable that connects my audio box to the computer is missing. It's a standard USB cable. It's got the square bit at one end and the flat bit at the other end. Correct. That printer cable is typically what people yes, call it. Yes, yes. Uh, and so it is missing, and I always keep all my gear together. I don't know what could have possibly happened to it. And so now I'm panicking, and I do a quick little Google search for a computer store nearby. And I see that there's a place called, like, I don't know, uh, Computer Castle Repairs, and it's a six-minute walk from here. So I, I see it's on the corner. I know exactly where that corner is, and I go out, and I jog. I'm like, you know what? Because we're about 15 minutes to air or something like that. So jogged, jogged to the store. I get there. There is no store there. There's no, I'm like, I'm like walking, there's no store, no store, no store. Finally, I just, I I call. It's not a computer store. It's like a guy that runs a computer repair business out of his apartment. Oh, does he have a USB cable? Yes. This old Polish guy is like, yeah, come inside. And I go in and there's another old Polish guy like eating ramen. I'm like in their (laughs) house. He opens up his fucking closet and he's just pulling cables out here and there. Oh, this is amazing. And, I, and the thing is, I'm like, he's like, he's being very kind, but also he's slow. Oh, this is so amazing. He's like, I, he's like, oh, let me get my glasses on because he can't tell what ends are at the end of the cable. So you didn't tell me this on the night. I just thought you'd gone to the store, got the cable and come back. I didn't realize that it was like getting the bloody ring out of Gollum. Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, he was perfectly nice about it, but also I'm going to be like, can you hurry the fuck up, please? 
please. <laughs> and so I'm like, how much do you want for it? And he's like five euros. And of course I'm like, here, here's a tenner. Thanks. I'm out of here. And then I come tearing back down the street and we're, I'm fucking sweating when we start the show. And then of course I stopped sweating the real, the minute I realized someone screwed up more than I did. Yes. Good point. Well made. Um, so you have to leave Amsterdam today or tomorrow? Early morning tomorrow to go to this charity thing that, you know, I've told you guys already. I signed up to host it. Now I'm just an attending guest. Uh, and so that was another thing that was stressing me out here in Amsterdam is that I had to find a dry cleaner to have my suit done because I have to wear it to this event. You've destroyed get- enough showers in the last exactly, two months. Exactly, exactly. And so I found this like overnight and paid 20 euros for an overnight dry cleaning. And then yesterday, right after I drop it off yeah. at the dry cleaner, I get an email from with the official invitation for this event black tie only <laughs> hang on a second hang on a second i'm assuming that in your luggage that you've brought over from the states you do not have a tuxedo no so, i don't have a fucking tuxedo in so my luggage this gig that was meant to be paid work has now turned into you attending as a guest where you're going to be out of pocket because you have to rent a tux i'm already out of pocket because i changed my fucking flight <laughs> and luckily my girlfriend paid for that out of the kindness of her heart How you know what you paid does this keep happening to you because i'm a dope i'm an idiot i'm an absolute chump you know who else is here in amsterdam right now even though i can barely get a hold of her is live oh wow and live live is going to be at the event also and she's going to give like a, sh- a shortened version of her ted talk so i'm actually looking forward to that and i was thinking live's been doing a lot lately yeah it's true maybe we should talk to her again because i don't think we've okay. talked to her post actual ted talk we'll put live on the list do you want to discuss other potential guests at the end of the show sure let's do that okay in the meantime let's run through the latest poker headlines what's going on in poker today now it is time for poker in the years news and joe no one has uttered these words since 2003 chris moneymaker has won a poker tournament (laughs) actually actually correction chris moneymaker has won two poker tournaments nj coop event number 14 a progressive ko event chris defeated a field of 242 runners for 5k and then he won nj coop event number 16 which was the six max eight game he defeated a field of 64 runners arguably less impressive for five and a half k so a double victory for moneymaker who was in new jersey specifically for the moneymaker tour event and was probably just like still here might as well play some poker no Binked a couple of NJ Coop titles. Yeah, Chris Moneymaker now responsible for the NJ poker boom. Over 40 people have signed up. <laughs> By the way, this week's star code is Movie Monday. M O V I E M O N D A Y. Well, Chris crossed state lines into Connecticut because he was at Mohegan Sun at the weekend for the latest stop on the Moneymaker Tour, which was won by Arthur White, a semi-pro volleyball player from Rhode Island who won the Platinum Pass. And while we are talking about Platinum Passes, Lex Veldhaus has awarded his. Many members of Team Pro, many PokerStars ambassadors have been given passes to award to their fans, to their communities. And Lex did this promotion called Pay It Forward. And the idea was he wanted a panel of judges to listen to the stories of people who have done stuff in the world for their communities, done stuff for charity, where they are deserving of a reward. That reward being free entry to the PokerStars Players No Limit Hold'em Championship. And this weekend, Lex announced that the winner 
of the Platinum Pass was Benjamin Alvarado from Ecuador. Why don't we listen to Lex explain why he awarded the pass to Benjamin and also hear the moment where Benjamin found out he'd won. Benjamin has uh, had long hair, 17 years. He cut the hair. He helped make it into a wig because he, there, there was a foundation that make wigs for cancer victims. Also, he went to patients to spend time with them um, to hear their stories and to just chat with them. Also, patients that people have been, had been giving up on and stuff. And I thought his story was, was really touching. Um, and let's give him a call. So I have good news for you, my friends. You won the Platinum Pass. What? Yes. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just honestly, your video really touched me. I love the fact uh, what you did. And I love that you want to keep doing it. Oh, my God. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Lex. <laughs> it's really hard not to be touched by that. I yeah. really like it. You can hear it in the guy's voice that he's equal parts, at least in my read of the situation. He's like equal parts floored, excited, but also so touched. Like you can tell that he's kind of holding back a lot of different emotions there. And uh, what a fun ride this has been and continues to be to give away platinum passes because, you know, look, I gave David Peters, not me personally, but I handed Dave. Dave Peters or pulled his name out of a hat at the PCA. Uh, and you know, he is fine, but some of these people who are winning platinum passes, it's just a fucking dream come true for them, which is so cool. Just very quickly before we move on, while we're talking about platinum pass winners, in case you missed it, we have started releasing on a weekly basis, a series of videos called meet team platinum. And the idea is to introduce you to some of the players who have been awarded platinum passes over the course of this year. Some players whose names you won't be familiar with. And one of the people who Joe awarded a pass to in the Bahamas was Stephen John Jost. Again, he was drawn out of a, a random uh, lottery of people who'd cashed, uh, believe in the, in any event in the PCA and Stephen John Jost story we went to film with Stephen back in Switzerland is available on the Pokestars YouTube channel there's also a dedicated page on the Pokestars blog but there's going to be new installments of this every single week and a chance for you to see some of those winners and I should say Joe that one of the Platinum Pass winners who will be profiled is Jennifer Carter who appeared on Poker in the Ears uh, a few Hers weeks back uh, and Jennifer sent me a photo this week with the matching Poke in the Ears hats that she has knitted, which she will present to us in the Bahamas in January. I can't wait. That's so cool. I really appreciate that. Uh, and also, you mentioned uh, Stephen John Jost. If you go and watch his little uh, short little documentary, he features heavily... Uh, pretty prominently in the main event shows that are coming up from the PCA. But for now, we got to talk about the high roller, the super high roller. TV recap. Yeah, we did mention a couple of weeks ago that the main event shows are going to air on Channel 4 in the UK and then be released on the Pokestars YouTube channel and at Pokestars TV. But the Super High Roller Show's exclusive online release, all three episodes, one, two, and the final table, now out there on the internet. Uh, we did the commentary for these not that long ago, Joe. Uh, I rewatched them in the last week. You know, I always, I'm always going to say this. I'm a I prefer the main event. I'm always going to be a bigger main event fan than I am of the Super High Roller. But we still had an interesting story here. We had some interesting characters in this two-day event, three-day event. We only covered it from day two until day three. First of all, um, just want to give a little bit of behind-the-scenes information. 
Anyone who watched the live stream from PCA 2018 will remember that we had the gargantuan set and we also had the kind of breakout desk, the analyst desk, where during the breaks, we'd have people like Lex, Maria Ho, Griffin Benger, Jonathan Little, breaking down hands, providing analysis, recapping the action, looking ahead to what was coming up. All that stuff that we filmed, Joe, was for the live stream. None of that was meant to be repurposed for TV. None of that was meant to make it into the shows. Okay, good to know that because watching it back, I was like, oh, did they tell us this was going to be a part of the TV show? Because if so, I might have done things a little differently. Of course, of course. <laughs> but it's only when you go back and look at the footage and you realize, do you know what? Some of those segments were really, really good. And some of the analysis, some of the stuff we got out of the pros, you really want to be in the TV shows. You want a wider audience to potentially benefit from. So it was a little bit square peg and round hole because you're absolutely right. If we had known that these segments, if we'd known that this material was going to be repurposed for TV, we would have done it very differently. You've got to cut around stuff that you can't use in the TV show. Um, but we found a way of making it work. Um, and what really inspired it was the very first segment opening the very first day of our coverage of the super high roller <laughs> where probably because joe wasn't there it was really really good <laughs> we had griffin benja and daniel negrano and i think that idea of having daniel at the desk before he takes his seat and plays in the event that unique perspective of someone who's still in the tournament previewing what's going to happen today how do you not use that um and, yeah, of course, you were meant to be there, Joe. Griffin subbed in for you at the last minute because you were sick that day. Uh, but I think you're on stage pretty much at the start of every other show. Yeah, it was fine. It was just, look, from a, on a emotional and an ego level, it was tough to be like, oh, right, yeah, I'm not in the very first thing that, that we've done this year uh, that we're putting out there. Uh, but, obviously, I was sick. So I'm just wondering if anybody noticed or some people were – If the, I think, like, half the people didn't notice and the other half were like – Oh, that Stapes guy's in here. Yes. My ah. gut instinct is that no one batted a fucking eyelid. There's Daniel Negreanu there. I'm right. sorry, they but you're, you're always going to take fourth or fifth billing behind Daniel Negreanu. Um, let's talk about the show specifically. Now, we built, to a certain degree, the first show around Kevin Hart, as we did the first day of our coverage, because we put him on the feature table that day. I think it's fair to say that Kevin didn't necessarily deliver in the same way he did at the cash challenge. Um, I thought that he was more, no, he was more muted. Actually. Well, he delivered the day before, which we luckily got on video and That's were able to, to roll that in. And I'm not um, saying that he didn't do stuff that was entertaining. There was the whole thing about him saying he was going to like do the humping and he was interacting with the other players and you know, he was still giving it all the verbals, but by no means was he feeling the need to be an entertainer at the table because, you know, he's there on his own dime playing in a 100 K yeah. for two bullets and, uh, you know, he was taking it quite seriously. I think there comes a time, and given my recent experience with playing with celebrities, that no matter how much fun people are having playing poker, and I don't mean celebrities specifically, I mean everybody, no matter how much fun you're having playing poker, for like 99% of us, there's a time where you just have to take it seriously. Yeah. Um, where you either it's because you want to win or because you've just taken some kind of beat, and it's just hard to be laughing, smiling, happy all the time. Is what when you've suffered a loss and also if you just want to focus for a minute. So I get it. I thought he was entertaining enough still though, more entertaining than most of the other people we have in super high rollers. That's for sure. Well, the other person who was more muted than we're used to was Daniel Negreanu, who's at the secondary feature table for most of the first show. And this was the first glimpse we'd had of the new Daniel, someone who had clearly been... I want to call, call this the new, new 
I don't know how many news because Daniel like reinvents himself as a poker player every couple of years. He does this, goes and gets a bunch of training. Yeah. And then so I want to say this is at least the new, new Negrano, maybe even the new, new, new Negrano. But for sure, he is someone who's clearly been working long and hard on his game, trying to eradicate leaks, trying to iron out some things where maybe he was behind the times in a, a GTO approach. But it was working for him because he was building a stack. Uh, both he and Kevin make it uh, to the second half of day two, which I guess is where the, we pick up the action with episode two, where we're playing down to the final table. And it's one of those things where you set up, like, is Kevin Hart going to secure his first ever live cash? Oh, he's out at the end of part one. Yeah, you know, there's nothing we could do. We can massage some things for television, but we just couldn't stretch that out into three quarters of a show. No. Sorry. I think he might actually have scraped into part two of four but no he's out relatively early on and players fall by the wayside of course as we play down to the final table someone else we lost on day two uh is chris cruck a player who joe and i first met in dublin a couple of years ago when he guested on the live stream we've seen him in a number of events we saw him make a relatively deep run in the super high roller and play a few hands on tv delighted to say that chris is the guest on this week's podcast so please welcome Two poker in the ears, Chris Crock. Hey guys, how's it going? Thanks Good. for having what? me. Yeah, no, thanks. Thanks for doing this. Uh, what, what's happening right now? Are you in the old C A N A D A? Yeah, just uh, taking it easy. There's uh, there's a ton of stuff coming up, obviously. So enjoying the little break after uh, W Coop. What does taking it easy mean for you? Um, I guess right after W Coop, it meant doing a lot of literally nothing. Um, <laughs> not even watching television just staring uh, at a wall basically a little bit of television but there's really nothing on TV except sports and there wasn't any sports so yeah Chris 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 we're yeah. living in the golden age of television oh no we're not but, we're, sorry I, are you not are you not including streaming when it comes to television oh okay yeah uh, I was just including straight up TV there all I can no. think of is like CNN and then all that garbage. And no, I just, no, no, but no. you must be what you must be doing something. Like, so you're, are you are you watching? Uh, are you reading comic books? Are you watching movies? Um, I mean, I coach for uh, Pads' sta uh, Pads one one six one stable. Uh, so I did some coaching. Um, I've been I'm gonna go to a couple Leaf games coming up. But uh, honestly, I there was just a week where I just needed to relax, and and I I did virtually nothing <laughs> that's so good man i wish i could do that on the tv uh, front chris i am going to recommend this service you may have heard of them because uh, they they sometimes deliver dvds to your house they're called netflix and apparently <laughs> they're, they're going to start making some tv shows and i think they might have some stuff that might be worth watching yeah i watched uh house of cards back in the day Which, and i really enjoyed uh, it yeah the irony is that's not netflix's best show in fact it's one of its weakest Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's the show which is synonymous with Netflix, but in a way, I think they almost want to kind of disassociate themselves from it. Yeah, for, well, obviously. Now. Well, <laughs> for, for some reasons which are uh, yeah outside of the realms of television quality, but also because, I'm sorry, it's just like a, a soap opera. It's just not particularly good drama. Anyway, we did not get you on to talk to you about TV. Well, actually, we did in a way because we're talking about the PCA, and this is really weird because I'm sure it's a distant memory to you, and it is to most people, but the TV shows have only just started coming out, and Joe and I have just been running through what's happened in some of those episodes, and one thing we haven't made reference to yet Yet is that Joe decided to make a thing out of you just got crucked when you beat someone in a hand, <laughs> you cruck them. 
Okay, so that would explain why a couple people have messaged me <laughs> saying that on Twitter. And I didn't understand what was going on. Um, it's always great when would... someone does something like that and you are completely oblivious to it. Now I know why. Now I believe Chris when he says he doesn't even watch television when he's doing nothing because he didn't even watch himself. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't... Uh, it's funny. I used to enjoy watching poker a lot. Like, I mean, that was sort of my gateway into poker. I used to watch uh, the big game was on after I got home from high school. So that was one of my favorites. And uh, Poker After Dark was on. Obviously, the, the two shows were sort of competing back then. But now now that I play a ton of poker in my spare time, I try and steer away from poker. And so now I actually watch less. Okay, so that actually leads me to one question I did have for you, which is that are, are you the kind of guy... Uh, are you one of those poker players that remembers every single hand? Like, if I asked you, like, oh, what's like a hand you remember from the super high roller? Do you are you that guy? Or are you the guy that's like, yeah, I got other things to think about? Uh, I would say I remember most of the you know semi notable hands. Obviously, the hand that did make it, Chris, is any hand that you played against Kevin Hart, and you were involved in the hand which saw him eliminated. Where I I think yes, you were down to like half a big blind, and you somehow. Get it all in blind and pick up queens. That was actually really sick. I uh, I had just I had all the chips. Well, not all the chips, but I had a ton of chips. Yeah, you were a huge stack. Not long before that, and then I lost like a medium sized three bet pot to Eric Seidel. That was not particularly interesting. And then I just lost Ace King versus Kings to Eric Seidel for what essentially was the rest. And they were like, "Oh, you're out." And then we were like, "Ah, oh, let's count it down. It's pretty close." And I had like a blind and a half. And then I was in the yeah. big blind, and uh, Ike opened, and Kevin Hart shoved, which is like really not the action that you want when you're about to be all in in the big blind. <laughs> so, but I mean, I have half a big blind left, so I'm like, all right, let's get in there. And I haven't even looked at my cards. And then Ike is like, uh, how much is it? Okay, yeah, I guess I call. And I'm like, oh my goodness, now I have, you know, two two random cards against Kevin Hart's all in range, and Ike's calling range against Kevin Hart, which is not. <laughs> where you want to be and uh ike has ace 10 i think and yep. kevin art has king queen yes and so i'm and i'm like oh okay that's good like nobody has a pair maybe i'll just peel like the six three suited and if it comes low you know, I'm in good shape. <laughs> and the first card i peel is a queen which is of course like a complete catastrophe because now i'm just like royally screwed against kevin hart's hand um and then somehow I peel another queen, and I'm like, oh, I'm actually in like really good shape to have six big blinds here. <laughs> <laughs> and that was uh, obviously your kind of mini comeback before, sadly, you weren't able to run it up any further, and then uh, Kevin Hart was eliminated. Um, how many of the Super High Rollers have you played now? I'm trying to think of like the events we've covered. Uh, there's so many events now on the on the calendar of all the various tours that are like 50Ks, 100Ks, 200Ks. Are you a regular in these games? Um, I don't know about regular. I, I play them whenever I go to the tournaments. Right. Um, I just don't always go to all the stops. So um, you're, I just, I, you're not really like the guy I think of as like the super high roller guy, which I don't mean to be offensive at all. What, so what is it that like factors into your decision as to play it? And like, how do you go about it? Do you, are you just like, you know, I'm just curious where people come up with this kind of stuff. Um, well, so I guess the first super high roller I played was maybe two years ago in Barca, the 50 K and, um, Prior to that, I didn't play because I just didn't have the 
like role to take any reasonable piece of myself and I didn't have the network to, you know, sell whatever the, the last bits I wanted to sell were. Um, so before that, I just didn't play because, I mean, I guess it probably wasn't good enough is the honest answer. And then I played the 50K in Barca because I guess that's probably one of the better ones to start with. It's always a, I mean, if you just look at the field size in the super high rollers, the 50K in Barca is always near the top. So I played that. And then um, since then, I you know, I've played all the super high rollers whenever I'm at a stop. I guess it just comes down to... Um, well, first of all, not being in the U.S. is a big, big thing because right. Canadians get get smashed by the the taxes. It's much better to be from the U.K. or something. And then um, when it comes to the other stops, some of them compete against uh, like online things. Yeah, and and I don't know, online's just comfortable, easy. You know, doesn't involve traveling. Um, and then I try and I try and get the most of the stuff in Europe. Uh, but I also play like mixed games and cash, so I'm not like forced to play tournaments, I guess. And Got it. Um, so it just sort of depends what I feel like, really. Do you want to be known as the super high roller guy? Would you like to be associated with the with the usual suspects that we see playing those? Um, I guess yes and no. Um, I don't really care about the like. I think some of the guys who play super high rollers do it because they want to be famous or whatever. And I, I honestly don't care. Um, but you know, I'd rather be known as the guy who plays super high rollers than the guy who plays micros, I guess. So <laughs> right. Like, right, fair. Um, I, I guess I just want to be like, I just want to do whatever I'm doing as best as I can do it. And if that's tournaments or cash, it doesn't really matter to me. I, I like cash more. Um, yeah. But I don't, I don't care about like winning trophies or anything like that. It doesn't, doesn't really matter. So my next question was going to be, you know, your poker goals then are just, you just want to make money. And is there a point where you will retire and just be like, I'm good now and I'm going to go do something else? Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I mostly just play whatever's fun and, um, you know, if I'm not good enough to win immediately, then I try and work hard enough to be a winner there, um, you know, in the near future. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't think I'll ever retire. I mean, I don't think any, I think anybody who like officially retires from poker is just looking for attention. Um, <laughs> you know, like, like, yes, no, I don't mean announcing a retirement. Oh, okay. I mean, actually like taking a whole bunch of money and just like going and being happy somewhere. I don't know. I mean, I I'm happy when I'm taking a bunch of money and playing poker with it. You okay. Know? So, there you go. I guess if that if that ceases to be the case, then sure, I'll, I'll do other things that make me happy. But for the time being, I just enjoy playing poker, and I mean, that's so I'll just keep doing that until it changes. I guess you're kind of already retired, basically, is what you're saying. Like you've already I mean, found I was, that. I was never I was never hired. I think you know, like <laughs> right. I just played because it was fun, and then I just like happened to win money, so then I kept playing. It's really what happened. Do you think so? Do you think that had it like, did you run above expectation in the beginning or did you have innate ability? Oh, for sure. Um, well, I think I actually, um, I was first introduced to poker by a friend in high school in like 2010. And as most people who are 
graduating high school, going to university, I had literally no money. So I played like with 20 bucks or whatever. Um, and I happened to, to like bink a tournament. I don't think I actually won. I think I just like final table. Then I had like $1,500 and I signed up for card runners. But then I had no more money again because I lost the rest of my role. So I spent two years just like in my free time, like watching poker videos because wow. it was fun and entertaining. Um, so by the time I started playing, I'd actually just been studying for a long time and didn't even realize that I'd been studying. Um, I mean, watching watching poker videos. Past so you studying. just soaked it all in through osmosis because you enjoyed watching it. And then all of a sudden right. you just had magical poker powers afterward, like cuning from Dark City. Yeah, I'm not familiar with tuning <laughs> from Dark City, but but yeah, I mean, I, I started playing 100 NL, and um, in a month, I won like 150 buy-ins and was playing 500 NL. And, and I mean, that was obviously like super run good combined with just like being better than the people at 100 NL. Um, but that, and then I had a couple good months at 500, and that really like gave me a role that allowed me to, you know, do the stupid things that you do when you're starting to play poker and you don't realize that those things are stupid. Have you had the same ups and downs in your careers that we hear a lot of people go through as far as being like seven figures and then busto and that kind of thing? Um, I guess yes and no. I mean, we all have swings. Uh, when I started playing poker, I, I didn't start playing until 2013. So by the time I had started Sort of a lot of people already knew about that. They were like, hey, you know, you don't actually have to be a millionaire and then broke and then back to a millionaire in the same week. Like, you can just be <laughs> smart about it. Um, and, and so I think, like, there was some data out there that allowed what? me to be like, okay, look, I'm never going to be, like, I, I don't have to take the crazy risks that, you know, the guys took back in the day where they're like, whatever, I don't like this guy. So I put my whole role on the table at, you know, 500,000 and whatever happens, happens. <laughs> um so, I mean, I've had some big swings, but I didn't just, like, lose 85% of my net worth in, in a week or anything. That's fair. Not not a ton of drama there. Uh, I wanted to know, what, what was your life like before you discovered poker? Because you said you're at university. What did you think your life was going to be before that? Where, where are you from in Canada? What kind of, like, student were you? And then uh, what did you think was going to happen before poker? Um, so I'm from Oakville, which is a suburb of Toronto. Um, yeah, so I, I first, like, I literally first discovered poker in grade 12. And prior to that, I thought I was just going to go to university and become a doctor. Uh, my mom's a doctor. Ah. Um, most of the people in my family did science. My dad has a degree in engineering. My mom's a doctor. My grandfather was a, has a PhD in biomedical physics. So that was sort of the, like, path that was, like, in hindsight, I probably would have liked to do something in like business and been reasonably good at it. Like, I have a friend who's a corporate lawyer. I have a friend who's a um, like a he works in like banking and trading, but but I was never exposed to that, and so I just was like, oh yeah, like being a doctor is a pretty good job and like it's interesting, so like I'll do that. Um, and that was you know the plan all the way until even after I was exposed to poker. And then I went to university for, I guess, two and a half years, and I did biochemistry. And I just thought, like, yeah, this is just, like, what I'm doing. Did that come easily to you, or was it was it difficult? I mean, biochemistry is something I, I most certainly struggled with. I, um, yeah, I mean, I did, I did, I didn't probably do as well as I should have if I wanted to, um, 
actually become a doctor. Like, I think I just, in my brain, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll become a doctor, but I didn't really want it. You know, I just, like, picked it because, I mean, if you tell people you're going to become a doctor, they're never like, oh, what are you doing with your life? (laughs) That's a great point. There's, like, no follow-up questions. Right. So like, yeah. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but instead of being like, oh, I don't know what I want to do. And they're like, oh, like, what about this and this? I was like, yeah, I'll be a doctor. And they're like, oh, that's good. So um, I didn't really try hard. Like, I didn't really like university. I didn't go much. Um, and I had sort of not tried very hard in high school, but high school was easy enough that I like, I, I mean, I didn't study. I showed up, I wrote the tests and I got 90 and I got into university. And I just kind of thought like, either that'll happen in university or it won't. And like, so be it, I guess, you know, like I, I didn't really enjoy university enough to go. So I kind of thought I was just going to be a doctor for, for a while, even though maybe I wasn't like putting in the work required. And then, um, I just decided I need to take a semester off from university cause I wasn't enjoying it. And, and I got to the point where I was like, what am I doing? Like, I'm like putting in all this work at biochemistry or like some work at biochemistry that I don't enjoy to become a doctor and I don't even know if I want to be a doctor. So like I'm barely making any progress and the progress I'm making is towards a goal that I don't even know if I want to get, like, am I even going to be happy when I get there? Right. You know? So then I took a semester off to like, that was when I tried to figure out what I wanted to do. And, um, I started playing poker during that semester off. Um, that's where it all went wrong. I, right, exactly. And and then I was like, oh, I'm going to go back. Like, honestly, I was going to go back after a semester and keep keep studying. Uh, and then I just made enough money in the semester. I was like, well, I guess I'm just like, don't need to be a doctor. I'll just keep doing this. We mentioned uh, a few moments ago that you came on the live stream we did from EPT Dublin back in 2016. And I remember very clearly that you're one of those guys who has the talent of, to not only be a great poker brain, but to also be able to articulate that analysis. Because there are so many great players who can't necessarily do the whole kind of commentary thing. Um, <laughs> and it doesn't surprise me that you are a poker coach and you help others with their game. I mean, is that something that you'd want to do more of? Because I know a guy whose visa runs out soon and we need to replace him. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, the, the poker commentary you mean? Yeah. Or the coach? Yeah, I, you know, I enjoy it. Um, when I watch sports on TV, like I think most sports fans, I, you know, actively yell at the TV when my team gets screwed, in my opinion, right? <laughs> Which, like, when you're a Leafs fan and a Bears fan for the last 10 years, like, you've been getting screwed a lot. So so I have a lot of practice, like, yelling at the TV, and my mom would always say, you know, you should do the commentary because, like, you're actually funny. Which, I mean, debatable, you know, she's my mom, like, she sort of has to say that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I sort of have always... Like it was honestly, it was like that that got me into coaching, and then all the coaching, um, I think, has helped. Uh, you know, me articulate my my thought process. Something tells me that coaching is probably more lucrative financially than poker commentary. Um, but you talk about providing your own commentary during a game, and this is the other thing I wanted to ask you about: is during the World Series final table back in the day when it was the November nine, and it was that big event that everyone was watching. Virtually every single poker pro out there said, you have to follow Chris Kruk's Twitter feed during the World Series final table. (laughs) You became renowned for your own kind of uh, play-by-play and analysis during the November 9. It's funny. I actually, I had something like 150 Twitter followers, which which I was like perfectly happy with. I'm not somebody who really cares I mean, honestly, I didn't. I didn't enjoy Twitter. I, like, I enjoyed reading Twitter, but I didn't have anything to say, and I wasn't really anybody. So, 
Nobody really cared what I said either. So it sort of worked. I was just kind of there lurking. And then I was watching the World Series, and it just kind of struck me as like, I don't really know why we all watch it. You know, <laughs> like it's like the World Series of baseball is like arguably the two best baseball teams. I mean, you know, give or take a little bit of variance. And and like the Stanley Cup Finals is the same, and the World Cup of Soccer is the, you know the same. Blah blah blah. But like the World Cup of Poker or the World Series of Poker. It's just like the nine guys that ran the hottest that, you know, paid their $10,000. And so, like, it's not high-quality poker. It's, it's like, kind of – I mean, it's just kind of like watching a car crash, really. <laughs> and, and But, like, none, none of us can, like, turn away, you know? We're all just like, oh, my God, like, everybody's playing so bad. And we're all on raging kills because, well, like, we it's all – It's got to be even harder. Yeah, it's got to be even harder for pros, right? It would be like if, you know, nine of the worst stand-up comedians in the world, like, not the worst, but, like, some who are okay all, like, made it to a thing, uh, you know, to whoever's going to be, like, the best stand-up in the world. You're like, what? no, not these guys. What? No, 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 what's happening? I oh, but I have to see what happens. Right. And and, and it's, it's not only those guys, but it's those guys now being, like, playing like a thousand or 10,000 X the stakes they've ever played for, for like literally life changing money on national television. So it's just like the most nerve wracking thing ever. So they're, they just go from like, you know, they play like medium quality poker to begin with. And now like they have all the stress in the world and it just, it just like all falls apart. But, but like, we can't stop watching it for whatever reason, you know, like every year we just tune in. We're like, Oh yeah, yeah this is going to suck. But like, I mean, it's sort of like what happened, honestly, was that a few of my friends invited me to the bar and I was like, nah, I'm not going like I'm going to watch the World Series of poker tonight. And my buddy was like, why? And I was like, I don't know. That's a good question. And so I had that like rattling around inside my head while I was watching. And then I just started tweeting about it. And I think I got a lucky retweet from from someone important, maybe like Jamie Kerstetter or something. And then I got, a, uh, you know, that snowballed out of control. Do you ever, uh, did you catch any heat for that? Cause you know, back when nobody knew who I was, like I was much more apt to like make fun of people and say dumb things. And now that people do kind of know, I'm like, eh, maybe I shouldn't say this. Did, did anyone like Joe McKeon has me blocked? I don't know why. Um, did, did anyone block you? Did anyone tell you like, why don't you shut the fuck up? <laughs> uh, so, I mean, yes and no. Um, <clears throat> at the beginning I was like, I, I, when I first started tweeting, I was still, like, nobody in the eyes of most people. And so, like, I was sort of punching up. You know, like, all the guys right. at the final table were more famous than I was just because they made the final table. Right. Um, and I didn't have any, like, big tournament scores or whatever. And so I was just, like, this funny Twitter account and, like, whatever. And and now that I've won a couple live events, for whatever reason, you know, I, I become some sort of, like, poker authority. I mean, not not a huge one, but, like some some amount of one and so this past year honestly like when i was tweeting it like some people were like hey like you know don't be mean he's trying his best and i was like oh like that's you know i'm not trying to like fire shots or belittle these guys it's just like it's just meant to be funny but now it almost feels like punching down so i, I think i don't i don't do much of it most that's people don't tell me to shut up though they just like tell me that i'm fat and i should go away oh so that's, that's that's the disgusting. internet don't care okay. for that. That's that's bullshit. Well, we're gonna have a little fun here before uh, before we cut you loose, Chris. Uh, right. This has been a fantastic interview. Love it. Uh, so you've been informed uh, of the fact that uh, I, I tried to make you into a thing. Uh, I was like, Chris Crux's a good dude, and I don't know a lot about him. So, but I'm just gonna do what I can to make him a thing. And so, anytime you were at a hand, I was like, Oh, you about to get crooked. 
You just got crooked. That's what getting crooked looks like. Um, and I just had so much fun saying this phrase. And to be honest, everyone in the studio was uh, was having a good time too, uh, trying to make a Chris Crook a thing. Uh, so I just wanted an excuse to say more phrases like that and see if I could get you to say a few of them. I don't really know how to explain this game other than that. It's the You Got Crooked rhyming game. Uh, James is going to help you with the first one. It's a very simple, very stupid game. Very simple. Okay. But very, very stupid. James, you've got the example question, right? From Maria to you now. Uh, okay, yeah. If Christopher Crux successfully distracts a player with an epic stare down, such that the clock is called and their hand is folded by a tournament official, he might follow this up by saying, You got mucked. You got mucked. That's correct. So it's always you got and then something that rhymes with Crux. You ready, Chris? Okay. All right, here we go. If Christopher Cruck were babysitting you, what might he say just after he'd successfully put you to bed? You got... Crib? No, that doesn't rhyme with Cruck. I don't know. <laughs> um... Some, some, if, you, if, you, if you poked all the sheets in real tight, they got... I'm not sure. I, I'm we're, blanking. We're looking, it's okay, it's a really stupid game, but after this second example, you're gonna, you got tucked! You got tucked. Okay, yes. You got tucked. Here we go. If Christopher Cruck led his Vancouver-based NHL team to a four-game shutout in the Stanley Cup, what might he say to his opponents? You got... Uh, I can't even say this as a Leafs fan. I mean, you got Canucked. You got Canucked. There it is. Okay, Chris is on the board. Next question here. After single-handedly cleaning all of the corn on his family's farm... What might Christopher Crux say? You got shocked. You got shocked! Yeah! Here we go. What does Christopher Crux say after he has sex with another man's wife while the man watches? You got cucked. You got <laughs> cucked! What might Christopher Crux say to a sold-out audience at the Globe Shakespeare Theater after completely nailing his role as a mischievous fairy? Uh, I don't know. I, I gotta call my sister. She's the one that's in the theater. <laughs> Hard to get help him out with the Shakespeare. Is this a reference to A Midsummer Night's Dream? It is. You got pucked? You got pucked! Alright, last one here. This one's a double. This, this one's a... This, so Chris is struggling with the rest. Does not give me high hopes for this one, but uh, here we go. And by the way, Chris, this is not your fault. This is my <laughs> fault. Here we go. Like most Final question. What might Christopher Crux say if he took all of the feathers off a chicken and trapped it while doing his best impression of another chicken? You got plucked and cocked? <laughs> I'm going to give it to him. I'm going to give it to him. Yes, you got clucked and plucked. Okay. Oh God! That guess what, everybody? This whole audience bites you. You've all you just got crushed. They did definitely get crushed. Chris, thank you very much <laughs> for coming on the show. Really appreciate your time, and thanks so much for talking to us. Really interesting stuff. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, bud. See you soon. Poker in the ears. All right, Joe, before we finish our TV recap, we have to talk about arguably the most important episode of sure. all. The third episode of the Super High Roller, The Final Table. Seven of the best, playing down to a winner. Always great to have Negrano at the final table. Always good to have 
not just a marquee name, but one of the biggest names, if not the biggest, in poker at the final table. Before we talk about Daniel, I want to talk about a couple of, um, how can I put this, interesting plays by Ike and Ivan Luka. Because Ike Haxton was in a spot where he made a surprising call all-in for his tournament life, and um, Ivan Luka made a questionable shove as well with Ace-Jack. And I know ICM considerations has become a bit of a cliche, but considering the money jumps and considering the stack size of the other players, a bit shocked to see Ike and, and, and Ivan make those moves. Yeah, um, of course. I, I'm often shocked by the moves they make. And w I've said this many times on the live stream, but I don't know if I've reiterated it much on the podcast. So uh, whenever something, uh, Ike specifically, whenever Ike Haxton makes a move that I, I'm like, well, this doesn't seem like what the right move is. I try to figure out, like, if Ike's doing it, it probably is the right move. So let's figure out how. And look, I can't figure out how it was, but I do remember if anybody wants to go back and look at his Twitter timeline, I do think he immediately addressed it um, because I'm really reluctant to criticize. How can I ever criticize Ike Haxton? How can yeah. I ever go like, I don't think this is the right play. So, and I think he justified it via Twitter somehow. I just can't remember what it was. Uh, the Yvonne thing, like, I don't know. I tend to give him a little bit less of like the instant credibility that Ike has. Not that he's like a bad player by any means, but just, you know, he just doesn't have the same sort of history and, and, uh, resume that Ike has. But, you know, these guys had their reasons. I don't know what it is. If you guys have a theory, there's some smart poker players out there. Uh, let us know what you think. I'd rather hear from you guys, honestly. Yeah. Uh, some really weird stuff happens at this final table. Bryn Kenny has like 90% of the chips in play at one point. I mean, slight exaggeration, but it is like 9 million for Bryn and no one else has a million. And somehow he still loses. Somehow he still finishes third. And I don't think the TV show necessarily does that narrative justice because we just couldn't show every single hand. Yeah. But all you need to understand is that Bryn didn't do anything wrong per se. He got phenomenally unlucky. Um, whether it's losing flips, whether it's losing 60-40s, whether it's losing 80-20s. And he just saw his stack decimated and then he was out. And you could see it kind of hurt him because... There is that expectation. When you're Bryn Kenny, you own the Bahamas. You've had more live caches here than anyone else, or you've totaled more live caches than yeah. anyone else, and you're sitting on that monster lead. There is kind of an expectation that it's nearly over, and I'm going to win this thing. Yeah, and I think that... I don't know. I can't say this like genuinely. I can't say this earnestly, but... There seems to be everyone they go through their hot streak and everyone in the poker world will talk about how lucky they are for a certain amount of time, right? Elky... Jay Cody, Jason Mercier. These are all people that was like the running gag that they just don't lose, that they win every flip. A flip is a 70-30 for them. And I feel like half the reason people do that is because if they talk about it enough, eventually they'll just fucking kill it. Yeah. Eventually, you're just going to crush that luck. Like, don't talk, don't talk to a pitcher during a no-hitter. And I think that everyone finally talked about Brynn and how good he runs in the bomb so much that the poker guards were like, enough! No more. <laughs> um, Carrie Katz somehow survives, doubles up, ladders up, gets into the top three, gets to heads up. Let's not forget Daniel Negreanu's ridiculous false comeback. And by that, I mean he is down to the proverbial chip in a chair, copyright Joe Stapleton 2011, and then doubles up, doubles up, and then gets back to where he was before and is then out. And it was just like he felt that time was wasted. He might as well have gone out on the next hand for all the good it did him. 
Yeah, it's like, you know, it's a couple of those like sports movies cliches. It felt just like that where the team makes a really great comeback at the end of the game but loses anyway. Yeah, and you're like, precisely. You're like, you fuckers, that's not how it's supposed to happen. Uh, there was a small piece of controversy at the final table. and it I has fun. Well, I remember <laughs> this from the uh, from the live stream that at the, po- at the time that this happened, I think there was an unfair amount of criticism of Justin Bonomo from people using the hashtag uh, feeling that he was being a douche. I don't think he was at all. I think he dealt with the situation very reasonably. I'm talking, of course, about the fact that Justin calls the floor and carry cats because carry is not keeping his chips in stacks of 20, but he's not keeping them in consistent stacks either. He is constantly changing it. And Justin feels that this is a deliberate move to make it very difficult for the other players to work out how many chips carry has. And the super high roller was playing with a shot clock. And Daniel raises the point, hold on a second, isn't there a rule they have to be? in stacks of 20. There isn't a rule. I think to make things easier, there should be. If you have a shot clock and players only have 30 seconds per decision, I think it's only reasonable that everyone keeps their chips in such a way that they are easily countable. And stacks of 20 is the uniform measurement that everyone uses. Why don't we just stick to digital readouts of the chips at the tables then, James? Why don't we just play online at a poker table if that's how you want to do it? No, I'm, I'm, I'm messing with you. Um, I think that's perfectly reasonable. I also think that even though Justin is uh, perfectly entitled to make that request and there's really genuinely nothing wrong with it, I think it's easy to make fun of the squeaky wheel. It's easy to, especially because I think, you know, just Justin's general tone, I think people, it can come off as a little bit, people see him as whining and really it wasn't, but I think that there's something about Justin and just the way he sort of carries himself where it's really easy to take shots at the guy. Uh, even though he's he's genuinely a very nice dude and is often just trying to do the best thing. Well, of course, this was the start of Justin Bonomo's phenomenal 2018. He finishes yeah. second for a $1 million score, but crucially is Carrie Katz who wins the Cyber Super High Roller for nearly $1.5 million. So congratulations, belated congratulations uh, to him. And we tried to get Carrie for the show, Joe, but he's not really big on the interviews. A polite decline is what uh, what was sent my way, and that and basically uh, someone at Poker Central told me he won't even do interviews for us unless we catch wow. him right right on the site. So he's he's just very shy and prefers to. Hey, look, if I could uh, just win a bunch of money and then disappear into the into the ether, I would do the same thing. So now all the Super High Roller shows are out there. We do move on to our main event coverage. Just a reminder of how it's going to work. If you are in the UK and Ireland, they will be screened on Channel 4 on Wednesday nights. For the rest of the world, the shows will be released on YouTube and Pokestars.tv on a Thursday. Now, this is a very important PSA. I'm sure those of you who have been watching the online shows are aware of the Platinum Pass promotion. That is still valid going forward. If you are in the United Kingdom... Bear in mind, the shows are going to be geo-blocked on YouTube for a month, whereas they are only geo-blocked on Pokestars TV for seven days, which will give you enough time to check out main event shows one, two, and three, which will have the important information you need in order to be able to play in a Platinum Pass free roll. So just a quick heads up on that one. Uh, Talking of Platinum Pass giveaways, we do, of course, have our free roll league on Monday nights. We said we weren't going to talk about it, but of course we are. (laughs) Hashtag disaster night was a thing. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, I think you know what the ugly was. The bad was the fact that the free roll didn't bloody run. And we did do some investigations, and I'm very pleased that it turns out it was just a small mistake 
that someone involved in the sequence made. They have apologized profusely, but why I'm happy about this, Joe, is, is because my... they've, they're being put to death. No, my fear <laughs> was that this was, as we initially suspected, a fault with the automation process. Right. Now, not only is a fault with the automation process incredibly worrying for us, because it means it could happen in future weeks, it's completely worrying for PokerStars, because it means all promotions linked to challenge opt-ins, linked to star codes, could fail at any time. Whereas if it's just someone forgetting one step of the process, they're not going to let that happen twice because now you realize, shit, I should have done X. So now I have to make sure I do X every single week. They send their apologies to everyone who is affected. Let's talk about what we are going to do to make things right. And we did hint at this on the live stream on Monday. Next week's free roll, the free roll running on Monday the 15th of October, will be game two of the free roll league. And there'll be extra dollars up for grabs. The prize pool will be three times what it normally is. The bounties will be three times what they normally are. And to ensure that the league still has eight games in total over an eight-week period, the final week which is Monday, November the 19th, will be double trouble. That's right. Double the free rolls, double the fun. There'll be two games that week. More details on future episodes of the podcast. It does mean that the leaderboard hasn't been updated because there was no free roll this week. The one thing I was really impressed with was how many people accepted that these things happened, Joe, and stuck around and played the home games. I think we still have more than a 1,000 people watching on Twitch, and many of them taking part in the $5 game we scheduled, the $10 Turbo, or playing against you in the Joe's own cash games. Yeah, it was. I had still had a lot of fun playing that night, and uh, I didn't really miss the free roll. I guess uh, it, there was plenty of other stuff to do. We still had a good time. The free roll, by the way, you know, is is a slow burn, and the little games we played were instant gratification. So uh, I won money playing in uh, what was that a, a five cent, ten cent game? Yeah, I won like thirty bucks playing that. I had a good time with that. Um, I want to say it is definitely. Definitely not too late to get involved if you're only no, just hearing about this. No, especially with the double final day. Like, that's obviously the most important one. So if you were the kind of person that maybe thought you didn't have a shot at this because you couldn't make it until week three, you just got to buy. You just got to. We've only had one game. We've right. still got seven of the eight free rolls to play over the next six weeks. Remember, they're progressive KOs. Uh, a full summary of this promotion, by the way, all the details that you need can be found in episode 128 of this podcast. Don't want to go through it all again. I refer you back to episode 128. And by now, you would have heard the star code that will, he says, underline, bold, italics, will issue a ticket to the free roll on Monday the 15th with its $1,500 prize pool. Plus, there will be $150 bounties on J. Hartigan. Joe Stapleton and Prince Pablo, because our guest is Ali Shaban. Ali, who plays as Shaban. Prince Pablo on Stars, will be our guest on the stream. We were hoping to get Finton on last Monday. We're going to have Finton on again. Bear in mind, there are still six weeks to go. Once Finton is back from Run It Up Reno, we'll get Finton on as a guest and as a bounty. And remember, by watching that live stream with me, Joe, and Ali on Monday night, twitch.tv slash PokerStars, you will learn the password that you need as well as the ticket from the star code. And there'll be more side events. Remember, we always kick off the evening with the $1 warm-up. You need to be a member of the Poker in the Ears home game club to play that one. The club ID is 21538820. The invitation code is hello my babies right let's get this week's super fan on the show 
One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus Stapes. Well, this week we welcome to Poker in the Ears a guy who's only recently discovered the podcast, but is already aiming for the status of Superfan. Please welcome from Dublin, Ireland, Mr. Kevin McDonald. Greetings, Kevin. Thank you very much for having me on. Oh, man, I love a good Irish accent in the mid-afternoon. <laughs> well, are you still in Amsterdam? I no. am still in Amsterdam. Yes, I am. And I'm, I'm incredibly sober. So let's get this over with. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and now, Kevin, I mentioned that you are new to the podcast. I think that you were the man who tweeted that you've been wasting all your time watching porn when you could have been listening to us instead. But you leapt straight into the home games on Monday night. And I understand you had a bit of a result. Yeah, yeah. Um, first of all, I haven't given up on the porn. I still watch that. <laughs> but I, uh, I, I, I won the game, the five, uh, the five dollar game on Monday night. It was great. I ran really well. Fantastic. Uh, I take it that even though you've only recently started listening to the podcast, you must have been playing poker for a while. Yeah, I uh, for a good few years now. I've been watching you guys on uh, TV on Channel Four. I. I, I added Joe as a friend on Facebook before his like page when he was only taking friend requests. Oh, God, don't remind him of this, Kevin. Please don't <laughs> remind him of this. This is one of the this things is, which is a low light in, in, in Joe's life was when he lost all of his Facebook friends. I'm still very upset about this. I love people like Kevin, James. I will never get Kevin back again. Uh, well, I, I, uh, I'm still a big fan, but I play poker Thursday nights in uh, the Bell Pub in Blanchardstown uh, and, and in Dublin City Centre. It's a good spot for poker. And to quote Joe Stapleton, what is your deal, bro? Outside of the world of poker, what do you do with your time? I'm a bus driver for Dublin Bus, so I get to meet a lot of people and uh, I, uh, I do a bit of volunteering work that's very important to me. I, I do a bit of volunteering and I have two grandkids and that's my deal. Kevin, I've got, uh, I've got some bad news and some good news for you. Talk to me. So the good news is it sounds like you're a charitable fellow. I am. So, and I, the good news is that you're very likely to win something today because the bad news is, you know how you said you spent most of your time watching porn and not listening to the podcast? Yeah. I accidentally searched for Footloose on a porn site. And so I don't think that I watched the same version that you're being quizzed on today. <laughs> Maybe we did. <laughs> <laughs> for the avoidance of doubt, Ke uh, Patrick the Intern has watched the 1984 film Footloose Whoa. with Kevin Bacon, which I assume was the specialist subject that you wanted to pick, Kevin. I think we did have to just double check that you didn't want us to ask questions about the remake, which I think a whole three people may have seen at the cinema. I, I, that was a disgrace. Absolutely. <laughs> disgrace, <you know? laughs> I mean, Footloose, Footloose is, you know, it's of its time and it was one of those films. I was 18 and it just caught me at the time. I watched it the other day and I never realized there was no black people in it. I never, ever realized 
how bad it was. But like, it's a good film. It's it's of its time. It is very much a film of its time. I don't think I have seen it since I was about 15 years old. So I have not seen this film in decades. Hence, the quiz was outsourced to Patrick. Joe, have you ever seen Footloose? I have seen the poster. Okay, well, once again... Look, I've seen a few... Look, this is the first time in the history of our podcast that I've just not been able to get to it. And I apologize. That's the bad news, Kevin. The bad news is that I apologize for not joining you and your quest to, uh, to have someone to talk footloose with. No problem. No problem. Accept it. I, I don't mind. I, I'll take a walk on this. If you want. <laughs> no, <laughs> let's do it. You know why? Cause let's see. Cause I look, I've done pretty bad at movies that I love. And that I yes. just recently watched. I feel like I could still put up about the same numbers. Well, as per, as per, Patrick has done a kind of uh, handicapped quiz where the odd-numbered questions are for you, Kevin, and are for someone who has a better knowledge of the movie, and the even-numbered questions are for Joe. That said, I think Patrick probably figured that you would have seen it once at some point in your life. You may need the multiple-choice options, Joe. It may be complete guesswork. But let's see how we get on. Um, there's a very good chance... Kevin, that you're going to be winning a $55 PCA satellite ticket. There's also some Pokestar swag on the line as well. Uh, I mentioned that you get to go first. Question number one. What book does Wren say is a classic when at the Warnicker's house? Um, I'd never read this, but it's Slaughterhouse 5. It is Slaughterhouse 5 for two points. Uh, So, Joe, your first question. Remember, you can take the options for one point. When Ren first meets Willard, this would be great because you've absolutely no idea who these characters are. If, <laughs> what item of clothing does he make fun of? So when Ren first meets Willard, what item of clothing does he make fun of? I'll take the choices. Hat, shoes, shirt, or tie? His... Oh... His shirt. No, it was hat. Oh, wow. What kind of hat was it? Can you tell us? <laughs> he, he was cowboy hat... And I think he asked them, do they sell men's clothes in the shop he bought that? Oh, oh. yes, another great 80s line where we can, where we, where we have to chastise people if they're not extreme exactly. versions of masculinity. Yeah. Kevin, your second question. What does it say on the brick that gets thrown through the window of the Warnickers? Burn in hell? It does say burn in hell for two points. Uh, I tell you what, Joe, I don't feel that this quiz has been handicapped enough in your favor. You are automatically going to get the multiple choice options and your score will not reduce to one point. Ooh, so for I two, think that's fair. For two <laughs> points, what is the Reverend's first name? Is it Michael, Stephen, Shaw, or Chris? Shaw or Shaw? It is Shaw for two points. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well done. Stupid. Question number five. It's your question, yeah, Kevin. So stupid. <laughs> Who is it that says Ren's idea to abolish the law against dancing deserves to be heard? Oh, what's her name? It's it's Shah's wife, and it's Mrs. What's her? Mrs. Moore. Mrs. I Moore, the Reverend's remember. wife, is what it yeah. says here. So you yeah, get two yeah. points. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, what is the name of the town that Wren throws the dance in? Is it Clinton, Basin, Beaumont, or Elmore? Clinton, Basin, Beaumont, Elmore. Beaumont. No, it was Basin. Basin, like Sin City? Yeah. 
Oh, that makes sense because the dancing is a sin, right? And and as well as that, he threw in Elmore there as well. That's that's what the whole film was based on. That uh, Elmore in. Wow, good good job, Patrick. Yeah, yeah he, he was really tough there. Okay, question number seven goes to our super fan Kevin. In the official song Footloose, how many times is the word Footloose actually said? Oh man. Oh. I'm you, gonna go, but you're gonna 35. go thirty-five. 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 Okay. If you would have taken the options, you would have seen that you're way out. <laughs> uh, the options would have been eleven, thirteen, fifteen, or seventeen. The answer is thirteen. Now, Joe, I'm actually going to change the rules back again because having seen question eight, I don't think you need the multiple choice options. It would okay. be a disgrace if you take them. Who sings the song Footloose? Kenny Loggins. Correct, for two points. No. Okay, Hello. final round. I think you're all right, Kevin. Don't worry. We almost got you across <laughs> the finishing line. How many pairs of feet are shown in the opening credits? I'm going to have to take the options. Okay, 11... 15, 19, or 23? It's not 23. I'll go with 19. It was 23. Uh, question <laughs> number 10. I thought it 23. The final question. And the irony is, Joe, if you do get two points here, it goes to the tiebreaker. What is the Hell yeah! What is the oh. name of the kid who puts a joint in Ren's pocket in school? I'll take the choices, please. You get the choices anyway. Chad, <laughs> Chuck, Fred, Rich. Chad, Chuck, Fred, or Rich. That sounds like a Chad move, but I'm going to go with Chuck. It was not <gasps> Chuck. It was Rich, which means the final <laughs> score is six points to Kevin, four <laughs> points to Joe, and Kevin. Oh, close. It was close, but was. I think we all knew the way this was going, and it results in victory for our superfan. Congrats, Kevin. You are going to win a $55 PCA satellite ticket, and also we'll send you some PokerStars merch as well. Great stuff. Thank you very much. Thank you uh, for having me on again, Joe. Not at Joe all. And, uh, James. I'm so glad that you discovered the podcast, Kevin. I'm so glad you enjoy the stuff that we produce. And hopefully we will see you on all future weeks of the Free Roll League. It's not just about winning $5 home games. It's also about winning that platinum pass for your ass. That's what I'm <laughs> trying for. That's what I'm trying. We will see you on Monday night, sir. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you again. Thank Dude, you. Bye-bye. You're, you're an absolute sweetheart. You might be my favorite person that's ever been on the show. Th thanks so much. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, babies. We're almost out of time for this week's show. Next time, I'll be at Run It Up Reno. Woo! Hey, oh, yeah. no, no, you won't. Yeah. You'll be in London. We got more oh, for you next week. <laughs> Run out arena doesn't even start until the nineteenth. You yes, dumb. I know. Look, I'm sorry. Sometimes my weeks get. Hey, James, time is a social construct. Okay, I've I've already would, been to Reno. You I'm in Reno now. You were genuinely excited, thinking that you were going to be in Reno next week. Well, I'm excited to be in London too. What else are we going to do next week? Okay, this is a good do question. A um, All right, we we talked about various guest options. You mentioned Liv. We could certainly approach Liv Bury. Yeah. Did Johnson ever get back to you, or is this ship sailed now? He didn't get back to me, but I'm sure if I was like, hey, man, how do you feel about what we okay. talked about? He will again. I just got to prod him a little. Let's well, prod Johnson. Okay. And I got this friend, Eric Audet, 
Uh, I don't know if you remember him from back in the day. He was a dude that made some headlines a couple, maybe about 10 years ago, because he went to jail in Pakistan and like there's got a, his way out through poker. There's a documentary about his story, right? Yes, it just got released on iTunes. He wanted to come on the show and talk okay. about his story. I mean, it, this sounds like a fascinating story. I think he'd be a fascinating guest. I think it might even be an extended interview. So definitely next week will be a good opportunity to talk to him. Okay. Uh, Josh Molina was another suggestion. I don't know whether you feel you've butted him up enough or you want to leave that one for a bit. I'm going to I'm going to leave it for a little bit, but let's get Eric. Let's try to get Eric first because I know he wants okay, to come on the show. Fine. You go to Eric first. If he's up for it, we'll dedicate next week's show to his story. I will also have my list of five movies that Joe Stapleton must watch before he turns 44, which could be potential superfan subjects. We are still taking applications for superfan versus Stapes. Hashtag poker in the ears. You can nominate your own specialist subject, or you can wait for next week's show. I'm going to set some topics. I'm going to come up with some movies and we're going to increase the prize pool for those rounds of the game. And finally, can we get some subscribes? Can we get some likes? Can we get some comments? Can we get some traction on the hashtag poker in the ears, wherever you download your uh, podcast from guys, if you could just drop us a quick little uh, comment or a review of the show, it helps us out a lot. And uh, you know, we're not one of those people that's telling you to smash the smash the like button every second of, of every show. But if, uh, you know, just a couple people every week could do it, we would greatly appreciate it. And I tell you what, I can almost guarantee you that if you screenshot it and send it to us, you're going to get your name read out on the show. So, yeah, so any any review you can leave us on there will expose the show to more people. And I can promise you guys that if you like giveaways and stuff like that, the more people we have listening, the more shit we're going to be able to give away, too. So let's work on that, guys. Let's, let's get some traction there. works better than bribery, Joe. Good job. Yeah, no problem. And like I said, we'll bribe you with just reading your review on the air, especially if you make it both uh, a good review and one that's entertaining to read. You're going to get your shit read on the air. Uh, that is it, though. That is all the time we have got for this week's show. Next week, I will be with James back in London. Until then, for James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later.